This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Let's get to the next thing and let's talk about how faith comes. How do we get faith? How faith comes? How does faith come? Trump, we mean to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. We notice that faith does not come by having heard. It doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing. Hearing is present continuous tense. By hearing and hearing. The Greek even denotes, gives the thought by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. So continuous hearing of God's word. That's what produces faith. See, the measure of our faith is the measure of our knowledge of the word of God. We cannot believe beyond actual knowledge. Faith follows light. Faith follows light. You believe as far as you know. If you don't believe enough, it's because you don't know enough. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God's word is what produces faith. Are you listening to me? So it doesn't come by having heard. It comes by hearing and hearing. By hearing and hearing. By hearing and hearing. Really, not just hearing it with these external ears, but hearing it on the inside with our spirits. The moment we hear it on the inside and the light of knowledge, the light of the word of God dawns on our spirit, that's the moment faith comes. That's the moment faith comes. When we hear it in our spirits, that's the moment faith comes. Psalm 119 verse 130 says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding to the simple. Faith follows light. Faith follows light. You see, there's no effort whatsoever on the part of the intellect or the will of man to get faith. As soon as the light of God's word comes, faith is there. Faith comes to the heart unconsciously through the door of discovered evidence. Amen. Faith is the concomitant of knowledge, the knowledge of the word. Once the knowledge of God's word comes to our spirits, immediately faith is there. Now, is it good to hear testimonies? Absolutely. Will hearing testimonies produce faith? It won't. It won't. It won't. Sometimes people quote Revelation 12, 11. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony. And they say, yes, let's come and give testimony to overcome the devil. No, that's not what he's saying. The word of their testimony there is actually the logos of God on their lips. He's talking about their confession, what they said. Are you listening? Now, is it good to give testimonies? Of course, testifying is one way to put God's word on our lips. So it's okay to give testimonies. But testimonies don't give faith. They are not a basis for faith. Don't act based on a testimony. Testimonies can inspire our faith. Are you listening? 
Acts 10 34 says God is no respecter of persons. So knowing that God did it for A means that God can do it for anybody else. If I will act on the same word of God, do you understand? So testimonies inspire faith. They don't produce it. They are not the basis for faith. The reason you know God will do it for you is not because he did it for somebody else. That he did it for somebody else can get your attention to go into the word of God yourself. But you couldn't go to God and say, God, you know you have to heal me. You heal so and so. Well, what did so and so do? So and so acted on my word. If you'll act on my word too, you'll be healed. So, testimonies are not the basis for faith. They don't produce faith. They may inspire faith. They may encourage us to walk in faith. But the basis of faith is the word of God. What about miracles? Is it good to see miracles? My God, it's good. I love them. I've seen them. I've seen crippled legs straighten out. I've seen blind eyes pop open. I've seen deaf ears pop open. I've even seen dead people come back to life. I've seen that happen with my two eyes. That's great. But if seeing miracles is what produces faith, Thomas will have been a faith giant. He saw so many of them. He was there when Lazarus was raised from the dead. He was there when Jairus' daughter was raised from the dead. He was there when the widow of Nain, her dead son, came back to life. He was there when the loaves were multiplied. He was there when Jesus walked on the water. He was there. Ah! The woman with Israel blood. He was there. He saw miracles. Berekete, berekete, nyafum, nyafum. He saw plenty, a, a lot of miracles. But yet, he was faithless. So, seeing miracles is not what produces faith. What will seeing miracles do? It will encourage and inspire our faith. Are you listening? The basis of faith is nothing else, nothing other than the word of God. There's but one foundation for faith, the living word of God. As we become one with that word in our actions, then faith becomes but an unconscious reality. So, the basis of faith is the word of God. Testimonies are good. Seeing miracles are good. Those things will inspire faith, will encourage our faith. But the basis of faith is the word of God. Then there are people too that think we can pray for faith. Let me tell you something. Praying that God will give you faith will damage your faith. Yes. It, believe me, it will. It will damage your faith. It will hurt you. You'll be worse off after that prayer than before it. You see, the Bible says faith comes by hearing. It doesn't say it comes by praying. Praying that God should give you faith is you saying, God, I don't have faith. And the word of God says, God has dealt to every believer the measure of faith. So in actual fact, what you're really saying is, God, I know you're a liar. You're nothing but a liar. You're just a bald-faced liar. You're, you cannot be trusted. You cannot be trusted. You know, Praying for faith is rebelling against God's word. God said faith comes by hearing, and you're trying to get it another way. Are you listening? The only prayer that can give faith is if you pray like the Ephesians prayers and pray for revelation knowledge. Pray that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. It's not prayer that produces faith. It's the word of God that does. So praying for faith will not produce it. Somebody said, but there's this scripture like this that said it builds our faith. Yeah, the scripture you're probably thinking of is Jude 20. But ye beloved, 
building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. See, praying in tongues won't give us faith. It will, however, stimulate the faith we already have. Notice it doesn't say building up your faith. No, it says building up yourself on your most holy faith. So it stimulates our faith. See, sometimes some people know what God's word says. But they need some encouragement to act on it. Praying in tongues will stimulate their faith. It takes faith to talk in tongues, right? You don't know what the next sentence will be, what the next word will be. So you are depending on the Holy Ghost. Depending on him in one area will help you to depend on God, you know? In another area, I hear this thing. So praying in tongues is good. I'm not disparaging the importance of tongues. I've talked in tongues a few hours today. I have. After class yesterday, I spent a few hours talking in tongues before sleeping. Paul said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Well, I too thank my God. I do quite some speaking in tongues. I told myself many years ago that I don't want Paul to be able to quote that scripture when I get to heaven. It's just a decision. Amen. So it's good to pray in tongues. I'm not putting down tongues. But I'm just saying, listen, God's word is what produces faith. Praying in the spirit has its place. And we should do that. But you see, it won't take the place of feeding on the word of God. Amen. It comes by hearing. It comes by hearing. That's how faith comes. It comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. It comes by hearing. Let's look at a few things about this hearing business. Mark. Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Verse 24. Jesus said, it says, and he said unto them, take heed what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. Notice it says, take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. You know, I like the way that reads in the Amplified Classic. I just love the way it reads in the Amplified Classic. And let me find it there. Amen. You know, there are two Amplifieds. There's Amplified Classic. There's another Amplified now. You know, the Classic, yes. Amplified Bible, Classic Edition. Mark four twenty four, And he said unto them, Be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. The measure of thought and study you give to what you hear will determine the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you. You know, we're doing a class, right? You're seated in the class. But you know, you may just be, may just be bot, your bot that's seated on the chair. You may actually be at home thinking about the pounded yam that you want to have as soon as they say it's break time and how your driver will bring it to you and how you should bring it on time before that a furry row, before it gets cold, you know? He may be in class, but, you know, you may actually be on a WhatsApp group. He could not have, should not have removed the CJN. Why? 
It's unconstitutional. No! Who said it's unconstitutional? It's constitutional. He did it. You know? Oh, yeah, really in class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You claim to be in class. Is it possible? Are you really in class? You're not in class. You're at home. Or you're in the group chats. Do you get my point? So that's why he said, take heed what you hear. Pay attention to what you hear. You can let it... Have you ever been in the car before? And then they're, you're playing a CD in your car. But the CD is not really that you're listening to the CD. It's just that the CD is playing. It's just playing in the background, you know. Like, like you, it's like background music. Background music, you know. Or you're in church on Sunday morning. And as the word is going forth, you know, you're busy. That dress that you wore, yeah, trying to pose with a better pose the way you are sitting so that you can load it on IG. Slay mama. Are you really in church? Are you really hearing? He's talking about paying attention to what we're hearing. Are you listening to me? Take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. Now, you need to watch what you hear. Take heed what you hear means pay attention to what you are hearing. And also, watch what you are hearing. Here you are. You're faced with cancer. You're endeavoring to believe God. But then, you know, you've gone to Google to find out how many people have died of this kind of cancer in Abuja. How many people have died of this kind of cancer in Lagos? How many people have died of this kind of cancer from your town? How many people have died of this kind of cancer? How that cancer progresses? You know, how it kills people? Will that give you faith for healing? That will probably give you faith for dying. Take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. You're endeavoring to believe God for prosperity. And listen, I know some people fight prosperity. I'm not one of them. God is not one of them. God doesn't have a problem with prosperity. God is a spirit, but he's not a spirit of poverty. Are you listening to me? He's not a spirit of poverty. See, in heaven, the streets are made of gold. Here you are, you want to prosper. You know? But all the messages you are listening to are those people that say that, no, this prosperity thing is devilish. All this money, all some people are saying it's just money, 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 money. Where is character? Now, that's true. It shouldn't be all about money, money, money. We should talk about character. Hmm? But you see, we don't throw the baby away with the dirty bath water. You get my point? Because some people have made godliness to be materialism. And they are preaching materialism. And they are covetous. Doesn't mean you should go on the other extreme and be poor. You get my point? Watch what you hear. Watch what you hear. Here you are. You know? Believing God for that exam. You have a major exam. But then you are intervening all the people that have failed it. Now, you can talk to people who failed so that they'll tell you what not to do. So that you'll know, mm, you see, he did this, he failed. So I shouldn't do it. He did that, he failed. But if you keep hearing failure, 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 failure. There's one group. They do a lot of dramas. I like them. They're ingenious. But this is my problem. If you act 10 dramas and 8 out of them is about the great mistake, is about the unprofitable servant, is about the story of my life, and usually it's a bad story. 
it's about the pastor that fell. It's about you will have faith to fall. Because that's all you're hearing. You know, I'd rather watch a James Bond film than listen to some so-called Christian stuff or watch some so-called Christian stuff. Because I know they won't kill James Bond. You see, the world has enough sense to paint the picture of invincibility. But the church paints a picture of defeated, defeated, defeated. Once the man of God sees anything in scared, he falls like a pack of cards. Once he sees money, he starts talking from both sides of his mouth. Once he sees... I know, eh, we can learn what not to do. Hmm? We can see examples of people that did the wrong thing and how they ended. The Bible lets us see Samson, the, the mistake he made. The Bible is clear about those things. But for God's sake, hmm? can that be 20%? And then can 80% be of how the man stood? In the face of temptation. How the man stood in the face of trouble. How the man obeyed God. If everything is about negative preaching, negative preaching, negative preaching, negative preaching, your life will soon become negative. If all you keep watching is how the man fell, how the man fell, how the man fell, how the man fell, how the man, you will be the man one day too. Because you don't know how not to fall. You know how to fall. That's all you're hearing. Watch what you hear. Watch what you hear. There are some books I don't read. You see, the moment something is taking more faith out of me than is trying to add faith into me, I close it. I guard my heart. I protect it. I watch what I listen to. I watch what I listen to. Eh, that's how so and so too. Oh. He was a man of faith. They assassinated him at 36. Eh, look at how so and so. That's how he too was believing God. He died at cancer of cancer at 42. Look at so and so. Eh, eh. That's how he too was saying, God is a good God. God is plane crash. Plane crash. Plane crash killed him at 54. You see, I may not know so and so. Hmm? I may not know the other so and so. But for every one person you tell me that he didn't work for, I will tell you 10 that he worked for. And I have learned to stay on the side that keeps faith. Yeah, learn to stay on the side that keeps faith. Let me ask you something. Let's say you were a sinner and I wanted to preach the gospel to you and you were ready to get saved. And I said, let me lead you to the Lord. You know, I led somebody to the Lord five years ago. The man backslid the next day. I started smoking Indian hemp. I led so and so to the Lord. Now he's addicted to codeine. I led so and so to the Lord. Now she's a prostitute. Yeah. I led so and so to the Lord. <laughs> he, he's now a Boko Haram. Would you not say, Sir, please, eh? Don't lead me to the Lord. <laughs> Let me look for somebody that the people he leads to the Lord, they stand where where. <laughs> Is it not? Yeah. <laughs> Do you get the point I'm painting? Let's stay on the side that keeps faith. You see, I know there are people that have bad experiences. I know. But let me tell you something. Anytime it didn't work, it wasn't God that failed. He can never fail. You see, I was in a... I was in a I've been in several services. A service of songs. A believer died. Died young. Maybe a minister. And then there's a scripture they like to go to in Isaiah. 
that God sees evil coming, then he protects the righteous and takes them away. And then we talk about how, you know, we can't question God. God knows best. You know, you hear in total submission with sorrow of heart, but total submission to the will of God, we announce the passing into glory of so-and-so who died at age 25. You know, my friend, if it is in total submission to the will of God, don't we all want to be in the center of the will of God? And let's pray that we'll have more of the will of God happen. But then, when they finish saying that, they will now say, may we not see something like this again? Everybody says, amen! But I thought you said is submission to the will of... How come it's now no longer the will of God? See, those things that we do, they destroy our faith. Let me tell you something. Maybe somebody died. Maybe they died young. Maybe they died at 40 or 30. Hmm? Was that God's best? It wasn't God's best. Was that, God, was that God's will? It wasn't God's will. Do I know why? Sometimes I don't know why. Because I don't know the details of the person's life. Must I try to explain it away in the bid of trying to comfort people? No. No. Must I go there? I don't have to go there and say, he was in the will of God. He should still be living. I don't have to say that. I can just go there and say, well, he's in heaven. He's jumping up and down streets of gold. We know that it's not in our past. It's in our future. And use the word of God to comfort. Must I try to lie? You see, the problem with lying is this. It will make everybody feel good now. We'll say, ah, God knows best. God took him home. You know, even though he died of heart attack or he died of sugar diabetes. God did it. You know, we can't, we can't question the will. No problem. It helps them now. They fix that. Then one of them starts having high blood pressure, starts having high sugar. Then he starts remembering in total submission to the will of God. Who knows this will of God? Though? Maybe it's the will of God to take them also. You understand? Watch what you hear. Watch what you hear. You see, some people, they pay pastors to kill them. Yes. Yes. You go to a church, you tithe there. Now, of course, you know that if you're a Rema student, you can't change church. Yes, in case you didn't know. Let me remind you. So I'm not saying this so that you change your church. Uh, but it's just in some extreme cases. Really gross cases. There's a rule. And why do we have that rule? Because we want to honor the pastors. Yes, we want to honor the pastors. You know, the pa your pastor had to write a reference for you to come. But what I'm saying is that you go to a place where they say that divine healing is not for today. When the last apostle died, healing died. Speaking in tongues of the devil. You know, God wants us. Prosperity is not good. You know, you keep hearing those kind of things. You will be sick. It's not a cause. It's a fact. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing. You will have faith in that. Because you keep hearing it. Are you getting my point? And not just that. God will also judge you. Because you are using your money to sponsor that kind of teaching. And all the people that die because of it, you are part of the people that kill them. Novel Hayes. Novel Hayes' mother died of sickness. He said the Lord told him that he will hold her pastor and that church, as well as the woman herself, responsible. Because they all killed her with what they were teaching. And she too, really, because she sat under it. Do you get my point? Watch what you hear. Watch what you hear. Protect what you hear. It's not everything you need to hear. If it's not feeding your faith, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, you don't want to hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, let me also tell you, there's no perfect church. 
if you are looking for a perfect church, you will have to get to heaven to find it. You see, and every church will be perfect if you didn't have people. But alas, church is people. Do you get my point? So a perfect church does not exist. So sometimes you just have to make the best out of what you have. You get my point? But in some extreme cases where they are dumping doubt, fear, unbelief down you, you might just want to pray about what you should do after graduating. <laughs> Amen. So you see, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. And then there are times God might want you to actually make a difference there. Amen. But the way to make a difference is not by arguing with the pastor. It's not by, you know, it will take a lot of wisdom to make a difference in some places. In some places, the only difference you can make is to let your own life speak. Praise God. And if there's ever an opportunity, you know, the Bible says in meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. You have to do it with meekness and with a lot of wisdom. Amen. But you see, faith comes by hearing. So we have to watch what we hear. Whatever you hear, you will have faith in. See, Goliath of Gath, for 40 days, he will come. He will say, Lisi, I will kill you. Bring one of you. Let him face me. I will kill you. And then they will go. They will go and hear the gospel according to Saint Goliath. <laughs> Let's go and hear him. Tell us how he will kill us. And then they will sit again. And then they will hear. And they will come the next day. They will hear. And then they will come again. They will hear. They heard it until they believed it. They heard it every day. They kept seeing it. They kept hearing it. They kept seeing it. They kept hearing it. No wonder their faith in it was highly developed. Then one man came from the backside of nowhere, from tending sheep. He hadn't heard all the stuff they had been hearing. Then he heard the guy just rattle, uh, ranting. He said, who is this uncircumcised Philistine to defy the armies of the living God? See, he was talking covenant stuff. You see, they had heard it so much. They believed it. <laughs> they believed they couldn't face him. When he said he would face him, he was like, you want to die? This boy wants to kill himself. Oh. This guy now, Boko Haram Bomba, he wants to go and kill himself. You know, that's what they felt because they believed it. Watch what you hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Listen, let's say you're faced with sickness, life-threatening sickness. That's not the time you want to be you know, a super story. You know, and I'm not against super story. You know, I don't know what is on super story. You know, I'm not, I'm not speaking against it. But that's not the time you want to be watching Africa Magic 247. You see, eh? get healed first. Then you can watch all the Africa Magic you want to watch. But if you watch Africa Magic now, you, won't, you will stop watching it very soon. Because that thing will kill you. Do you get the point I'm making? Desperate times call for desperate measures. There was, this, there was this man. He was in a coma. Terminally sick. In a coma. His pastor was one of those people who, you know, they are fed on God's word. Pastor got a CD player. Said, play nothing but the word of God. Anybody who will talk unbelief, the Muslim enter. They kept playing God's word. It got into the man's spirit. Suddenly, the man spoke up one Sunday. He said, what's today? Somebody was by his side. He said, it's Sunday. He said, what will tomorrow be? He said, Monday. What will day after be? He said, Tuesday. What of the day after that? He said, Wednesday. He said, Wednesday by 3 p.m. I'll be healed. He just spoke it out in the coma he was in. 
kept, you see, God's word got into his spirit and then he spoke it out. Wednesday, 3 p.m. in the afternoon was perfectly well. Yes. When Trina Hankins, he had an inoperable brain tumor. Her husband, Mark, Reverend Mark Hankins, he spoke to that thing and cursed it. They had healing scriptures by Kenneth Higgin playing nonstop by her bedside. Are you listening? They had a bouncer by the door. Bouncer. You know, bouncer. He had Big Mama. You want to get in, you have to go through Big Mama. And Big Mama had a list of people who can get in. And if you're not on the list, you're not getting in. Because they didn't want anybody to go in and say, They didn't want that. You know, sometimes you don't need sympathy. Sometimes you need people who tell you, you know, you know, we all like it when people sympathize with our flesh. Oh, when they come and say, oh, you are dying. You say, yeah. You do say, yeah. Oh. You know, your flesh feels good. You know, your flesh doesn't like it when somebody comes and says, what are you doing here? He's like, what's your problem? Can't you see what I'm doing here? Can't you see I'm sick? Says, my friend, you know too much than to stay here. The word of God says, says he doesn't even have compassion. No compassion. No compassion. See, that is compassion. <laughs> that is the one that wants you to leave. Yes, I know we should be, uh, uh, we should be, uh, we should show empathy and all that. It's true. But sometimes, eh, you can pet some people until you kill them. You can pet them to their grave. Oh, it is progressing. And then they're already crying your morning cry. They're crying. The, the, they've already seen your dead body. But you need people who come there and say, according to the word of God, you're healed. That's what we believe. Their flesh feels like crying. They see what they see and it looks like this is skin over bone. You need people who come and speak God's word. Put big mama there, list. Your name is not on the list. You come, say, who do you want to see? You want to see so-and-so. What's your name? Well, sorry, your name is not on the list. But I'm so-and-so. Well, yeah, your name is not on the list. Hey, but I need to. Uh, you see, your name is not on the list. Hey, but I have to. Well, your name is not on the list. And then you look at big mama. You look at yourself. You look at big mama. You look at yourself. You talk to yourself. <laughs> Big mama, <laughs> we beat the living daylights out of you. <laughs> we beat you out of the place. <laughs> so you better respect yourself and find your square roots. Do you see that? And she's alive today. They opened her up to take a biopsy of it. They couldn't find it anymore. It vanished. <laughs> That's what the word of God does. See, there's something about a fighting spirit. A fighting spirit. A fighting spirit. See, medical doctors, when people are faced with matters of life and death, sometimes, just even in the natural, they ask their loved ones, is he a fighter? Yeah, you know there are people who are fighters. Just naturally speaking, they fight. If the person is a fighter, they will say he stands a chance of winning. If the person is not a fighter, they will say, forget it. He'll be dead in a short while. There are people that have defied all odds. There was this guy. He was involved in a, a terrible accident. Terrible accident. The doctor said, there's no use moving him. If you move him, if he's still alive, which they saw he was, said, if you move him, it will kill him. So it's better just let him die on his own. But then the doctor noticed the man's lips were moving. 
Then he put his ears to hear what the man was saying. And the man was saying, I will live and not die. 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 You know what he said? He said, let's move him. He said he will live and not die. <laughs> he didn't die. <laughs> he didn't die. He lived. Just like he said he would. So what you hear is important. My maternal grandfather, I was told he lived to be 105. I knew him. I have some memories of him. I was, um, how old was I when he died? Maybe like, um, I think I was like 13. So, you know, I still remember some things about him. There was once he was sick. He was in UCH. He was in a coma. Real life story. Real life story. And um, while he was in that coma, my dad, who was his son-in-law, my, my, uh, my uncle, his first male son, and my mom and some of my mom's sisters, they were in the ward in UCH to see him. His son, my uncle, said, ah, he said, my dad is dying. He said, I have to go and prepare my cow for his funeral. You know, that's what he said. Then my dad responded and said, no, he's not dying, no. If you buy any cow, you're the one that will eat your cow for something else. This man is not going anywhere yet. So they all talked around his bedside. He was in a coma. They left. After they all left, my dad came back. You know, what? He just knew some things about some of these spiritual laws. The way he greeted the man was he prostrated for him. That was how he greeted him. So when the man was in a coma, he would come there and he would prostrate also like he used to when the man was okay. He was prostrated. Then he got by the man's side and then he began to talk, you know, as if the man could hear him. And then he would say, well, we came the other time. I came with so-and-so, you know, I I'm going to do this now, as if the man could hear him. And then he was just talking like that. You know, and all of a sudden, the man in the coma just spoke up. He said, thank you for not letting me die. He snapped out of the coma. He said, I heard when Akin said he was going to buy a cow. <laughs> That's my uncle's name. <laughs> I heard when he said he was going to buy a cow. And I heard when you said that if he buys the cow, he will eat his cow himself, that I'm not going anywhere. You see, his spirit latched onto those words. Hear the word. Hear the word. Hear the word. Hear the word. That was a man in a coma. His spirit latched onto those words and he held onto them and came back to life. Hear God's word. That's how faith comes. It comes by hearing. Let's look at Luke 8. Luke 8. We saw Mark 4.24. Take heed what you hear. Let's see what else we should take heed to. Luke 8, verse 18. It says, Take heed therefore how ye hear, for whosoever hath, to him shall be given. And whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken, even that which he seems to have. Not only should you watch what you hear, you should watch how you hear. You can hear God's word half-heartedly. You can hear God's word unattentively. You can hear God's word, you know, it's good self. Where then did they stop person? Well, I've started it. It's good, good, good I finish it. Mm. Somebody doesn't sit in that class now. They will say he can't take attendance. Mm. Let me sit in the class. Mm. You know, if someone comes late now, mm. that's when all those people, look at the way they're even looking at somebody. Look at the way they stand at the door. Mm. 
Which take unki my son. You know, that's a literal translation. You know, from a certain language. Which take don't kill my son. It's like uh -huh, let me sit in their class. So say I should sit in class. Uh, let me sit in class. So let me sit in class. They say I must take notes. Let me take note oh, so that they will let somebody rest. Listen, it's not your enemy's life. It's your life. You're not doing somebody else a favor. It's your life. Take it how you hear. Hear with rapt attention. With rapt attention. Hold on to every word. You know there are people. If there's a meeting, hmm, there's a meeting. If they come, let's say the meeting is starting at 10. They get there at 9. They were the first session to get there. They are seated to be at the back. You know, there are people like that. They are backbenchers. But always confirm backbenchers. Now, there's nothing wrong with, you know, Jesus said if you're big to a feast, you know, or you're called somewhere, don't try to... Say in the high places. I know there's a place of humility, but listen. Get a strategic place where you will hear well. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you come early, but you want to always sit behind the pillar so that when you want to sleep, you can just doze off. <laughs> and nobody will see you. <laughs> God sees you. <laughs> and your spirit knows what you are doing to yourself. <laughs> It's your life. Do you get my point? Yes. Take heed how you hear. Hear God's word with rapt attention. With rapt attention. I went to a friend's house, older friend. This was on Friday night. When I got to his house, I saw the triumphant church. 292 pages. Kenneth E. Hagin. It came out in 1993. So the book had just recently come out. I saw a copy in his house. As soon as I saw it, you know, 93 or 92 was when it came out. As soon as I saw it, that's copyright date. I said, can I read this book? He said, he's reading it. And then I said, will you sleep tonight? He said, sure, he will sleep. I said, okay. Can I be reading when you're sleeping? I won't leave your house. I'll just stay here. I'm not, so the book will not be lost. Nothing will happen to it. It's in this, your house. He said, sure, I will sleep. I didn't bat an eyelid. I started reading. By the time he woke up the next morning, he saw where I was in the book. He saw where he was in the book. I had gone farther beyond where he was. So he was like, okay, Cuckoo, finish it. <laughs> and besides, he was going out to do some business. I said, I'm not going anywhere. Even if you don't give me food. See, this is food enough. If I don't finish it, I'm not living here. You know, I was hearing God's word, right? But I was... I, I, I put it first place. I gave priority to it. You see, the same measure you meet is what will be measured to you. If you give God's word second place, you will get second place result. You give God's word third place, you get third place result. You give the word last place, you get last place result. Can we give it our undivided attention? Can we give the word of God first place in our lives? You know? Yeah, people service. Go to CD section. How much are these CDs? 200. <laughs> 200! And they do like they're about to have epileptic season. <laughs> Over 200 naira. But then the same person, they want to turn the back of his great-grandfather that died 20 years ago. They want to turn the side. And they said, you know, <laughs> how far? Say, ah! 
na to bubble get up. How much in go cost? Eh? Cow go kill cow. Goat go kill goats. Then go lead them their life. We go show them, say, now we, now we, we. That the boy, your boy has come of age. You know. But then, 200 naira CD and they want to have epilepsy. <laughs> Do you get the point I'm making? It shows what their priority is. Shows what their priority is. Eh, we should feed on the word of God every day. Mm, that word of God, self. Ah, after 10 minutes, I'm tired. But the same person, you know. Hey, this thing, it hasn't finished. Hey, this is part one, no? Hey, part two. Where will part two start? They are glued to the TV. You know, they watch. They can do vigil. <laughs> to watch. Uh, <laughs> you know, just think of any title. You almost find it in Hollywood. The king is dead. The king is alive. The king is dying. The king will die. The king must not die. The king is about dying. The king did not die. Just name it, you find it. <laughs> you know, let something happen. They will act it. You know, good industry. At least they are. <laughs> when you go to other African countries, ah, they celebrate our. <laughs> you know, but my point is that whatever you give your attention, whatever you give your attention will determine the direction your life will go. We all have time for what is important to us. All of us. All of us. Have you seen somebody who said, now, you might have seen a few people, but not most people. Say, have you eaten? Say, I haven't had time. Now, sometimes it happens to me, so I know it can happen. But usually, people have time to eat. Isn't it? We all have time for what is important. It's just that some things are not important. That's why we seem not to have time for them. And it's not. It's not going to pay our government. When I say our government, I mean our life, your life. Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4. 20 to 22. Proverbs 4, 20 to 22. It says, my son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them, and health to all their flesh. The Hebrew word health, there is mapi. It also means medicine. God's word is medicine. Notice we are to attend to God's words. We are to incline our ears to his sayings. We are not to let that word out of our sight. Now, does that mean that when you are driving, you put a Bible by your windscreen? No, you have an accident if you try that. What he's simply saying is that keep seeing yourself in the light that God's word says you are. Don't let it out of your sight. Read it every day. Feed on it. Feed on it. Feed on it. Feed on it. There are people that talk about music CDs. They have plenty and there's nothing wrong with good music CDs. But what about some teaching? It won't hurt to get some teaching too. Do you think it will? Yeah. People, they know Davido or Lamide, you know, Jazzy, you know, Beyonce, you know. Ah, you know, Michael Jackson released that in 1980, you know. <laughs> I know people who will tell you the person in Arsenal that plays number one, that plays number two, that plays number three, plays number four, that plays number five, that plays number six, that plays. I have a, a friend who will tell me 
every Christmas, you call all the names of the players. He'll say so and so and so and so and so and myself, wishing you Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, and you call them according to their numbers. You know? Nothing wrong with that. Nothing. If you like football, it's not it. It's good. It's some good sport. If you like it, it's fine. But the only thing is this. You know, the same person always keeps asking me how I remember scriptures. <laughs> and I always feel like asking him, how do you remember footballers? <laughs> because I hardly have an idea. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong that he remembers footballers. It's okay. Are you listening? But it's just that if you will give the word of God that same attention, there are some people, if their father is dying, eh, and Nigeria is paying much, they say, let him die. Let him die first. When he finishes dying, we'll go and sort it out. They will go and cry, but we must watch that match first. Isn't it? Yeah, that may be extreme, but I'm just saying we all have time for what we consider important. Can we just consider God's word important? Can we give it the right place it ought to take in our lives? Now, if you look at the context of Romans 10, 17, the Bible there was actually talking about faith for salvation. Now, the, the Greek word for word there is rhema. Now, people have split hairs over that. I've heard people say that, no, faith doesn't come from the logos. It comes from the rhema. Ah, listen, the logos is the sum total of all of God's rhemas. Are you listening? Don't get into that. He, he must be a rhema. He's a logos. He's not. So I've heard people say that the logos is not powerful. The logos is the written word. That no, it's until you have a spoken word. You have to pray. Let God speak a word. My friend, God has spoken 1,189 chapters of words to us in the Bible. It's true that sometimes God could speak a word to your heart. And if he does, then that's a basis for faith. But you see, the Bible is already quickened. The word of God is quick. Hebrews 4.12, and powerful. Moffat's translation, the logos of God is a living thing. Find scripture that covers your case. Are you listening? You know, I've heard people teach that, no, you have to pray for a word. If that's the case, Hebrews 4.12, if that's the case, then why did God give us the Bible? He will have just told all of us to go and pray and hear words. You see, I know this because I've experimented. Hmm? I used to take, I'll say, okay, let's say symptoms of sickness on my body. As a university undergraduate, I say, okay, mm, this time let me use Romans 8.11. Then the next time I say, okay, mm, this time let me use 1 Peter 2.24. Then another time I say, mm, let me use Isaiah 53.5. Then I say, mm, let me use Isaiah 53.4 this time. Mm, let me use Acts 10.38. You see, I did it on purpose. And guess what? I got the same result with everyone. Did God quicken anyone? Not necessarily. Now, are there times God could quicken a word to your heart? Yes. If God already quickens something and gives you direction about what to do, about a certain situation, don't do something else. Do what he tells you. If you try to do something else, then you're in disobedience. But listen, you don't have to be praying for a word. If there's scripture that covers your case, act on it. Now, if it's something that you don't have chapter and verse for, like, is it this lady I should marry? Or is it that one? And you're praying for it. Not me, I'm already married. But if you're praying like that, yeah, you may need to pray and seek God's wisdom about stuff like that. But anything God has already revealed his will to us in his word, that's his will. We can act on it. We can trust it. 
we can depend on it. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Why was Rhema used there? The reason Rhema was used there because of the context. Verse 13, Romans 10, Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. 14, How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? How shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? They were in CDs then. They were in teaching tapes then. The way God's word spread was through the preached word. Are you listening? So that's why Rhema, the spoken word, was used there. You know? Then verse 17 now says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith for salvation comes by hearing the word of God about salvation. Remember Cornelius? Cornelius had a vision. An angel appeared to him. The angel told him to send to Joppa, ask for Simon, who was lodged with one Simon the Tanner, who will come and tell thee words. Amen. Whereby thou and thy household shall be saved. Acts 11, 13 and 14. See, men are saved by hearing words. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. That's how it comes. It doesn't come any other way. How did I get saved? I got saved by hearing. See, my dad, he later got saved before he died. But you see, in our upbringing, my mom was born again. My dad told us, I don't mind all those so-called issues. So it's not true. They say they are children of God. Who is a child of the devil? I beg, we are all children of God. See, that was what my dad taught us, you know, growing up. And I looked up to my dad. He was my hero. I told my dad, I'll do everything he did and I'll beat it. And I was sure going in that direction. So he taught us that. He said, all this born-again thing that your mother is doing, it's just politics. She's trying to win you over to her side, against my side, you know. I know there are no men like that here. My wife's side is my side. My side is my wife's side. We don't have different sides. The children, they must love me more than they love their mother. Is something wrong with me? I'm not in a love competition with my, with my spouse over my children. I'm not. If they love her, it's me they love. If they love me, it's her they love because we are one. Yeah, I'm not competing. You know? But my dad was in that kind of mindset. And then he said, your mom is just trying to win you over to her side. That's how this SUSU nonsense, he called it. But then, you know, I believed him. I believed him. Don't believe something because somebody you love sees it. If it doesn't line up with the Bible, it's not true. Then I remember October 9, 1983, Sunday morning, I was in this service. There was this man who was preaching. In the course of his message, I almost don't remember anything else he said. But in the course of the message, he referred to John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. See, when I heard that, then it dawned on me, wait a minute, as many as received him. So it's those who receive Jesus that are God's sons. Sure? So I'm not God's son. I haven't received Jesus. So I'm actually a child of the devil. So some people are really not God's children. I said, my daddy was wrong. The Bible is right. Amen. And I wanted to become God's son. It was like when he said that, I felt like saying, can you just stop preaching? Make that altar call. Make that altar call. Stop all this, your long preaching. Make that altar call. That's how it felt. I could hardly wait for him to make that call. 
Those who want to receive Jesus into their hearts, I got up. Said, say this after me. You know? And I confessed Jesus as my Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Believing in my heart that God raised him from the dead. And that instance, the life of God was imparted into my spirit. And I became a new creature. So how did I get faith for salvation? By hearing God's word. By hearing God's word. Because that's how faith comes. John 1.12 is what gave me faith for salvation. Now, after I got saved, you know, I was born again. But I wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost. I got home. I told my mom, I said, I'm born again now. She said, yeah, that's good. Then it's two of us. He said, let's pray and trust God for the rest of the family to get saved. Then my mom asked me, you know, about being filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. She may just as well have been speaking in tongues when she said that because I had no idea what she was talking about. <laughs> my case was like those folks in Ephesus, Acts 19, 1 and 2. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came on to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? They said, we've not so much as heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. See, that was kind of like my case. So she gave me a book, Why Christians Should Speak in Tongues. I read it. When I read it, I saw scriptures there. I checked them up in the Bible. That's actually what the Bible says. Rightly divided word of God. That's what the Bible says. So I saw, yes, this is an experience. Belongs to believers everywhere, including me. April the 4th, you know, I got saved October 9, 1983. April the 4th, 1984. Wednesday evening, about 6.30. I opened my Bible to Mark 11, 23 and 24. I read it out loud. I was on my knees. I opened to Mark 16, 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Then I prayed. I said, Father, I believe that I received the Holy Ghost. Right now. And I begin to speak with tongues right now in Jesus' name. Instantly, I blotted out in tongues. Now, how did I get faith for the baptism in the Holy Ghost? By hearing God's word. By hearing God's word. So that's how faith comes. It comes by hearing. If there's an area where your faith is weak, it's because you haven't heard God's word sufficiently in that area. You know, your faith can be strong about finances and weak about healing. Your faith can be strong about healing, but weak about finances. And then you're healthy, but you're broke. Your faith can be strong about healing, strong about finances, but weak when it comes to holy living. And then you're struggling with the flesh. If there's an area... Now, we should feed on the entire counsel of God's word as a regular thing. Matthew 4.4, 4, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. But you see... If your faith is challenged in a particular area, let's say you don't have kids yet. Let's say it's, you don't have a spouse yet. I said yet because if you trust God, he is on the way or she is on the way. Then why don't you get what God's word says about that area? You're looking for a job. Find scriptures about getting a job. You're looking for a house, you know, to own for yourself. Find scriptures about owning your house. You're looking, you want another car. Find scriptures that cover that case. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Psalm 23 verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
Isaiah 1.19, if he be willing and obedient, he shall eat the good of the land. Job 36.11, if they will obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Psalm 84 verse 11, the Lord is a sun and a shield. He will give grace and glory. No good thing shall he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Matthew 6.33, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Find scriptures. Third John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as I so prospereth. Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So just get scriptures in that particular area. Do we all face challenges? We do. Do we all face situations? We do. Amen. We do. We do. If you live in this world long enough, someone said, is it that you are coming from a test, you are going into a test, or you are inside a test? Someone said, there are two things that are sure. The one is death, the other is taxes. <laughs> and somebody added, the third is tests. We face them. We face trials. We face challenges. So it's not a big deal. But you know what? We can win every single time every single time just get faith built in your spirit in that area see the word of god is like a bag of seeds whatever you sow that's what you're going to reap right so what kind of harvest do you want you want a harvest of health then sow seeds of healing when i mean sow seeds of healing i mean find god's word about healing amen whatever area find what the word of god says about it build it into your spirit faith will come Faith comes to the heart unconsciously through the door of discovered evidence. The measure of your faith is the measure of your knowledge of your father and of your rights and privileges in his family. Amen. Build God's word into your heart. Build God's word into your heart. Feed on the word of God, especially the epistles. The epistles are the letters written to the church. You should read your whole Bible in the light of redemption. Another way to see, say that is this. You should read the Bible in the light of the epistles. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So how does faith come? By hearing. By hearing what? By hearing jokes. By hearing theories. You know, we hear a lot of theories in some quarters. My definition of a theory is this. You'll find it in a dictionary. A supposition established upon ignorance of the subject under discussion. And that's what we hear in a lot of quarters. Just a psychology of unbelief. The poor dear church members are only a product of what they've heard. Amen. Get into the word of God for yourself. Find out what it says about your situation. Build it into your spirit. Faith will come. And faith changes things. more information and inquiries please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163